On this December 30th, Friday afternoon, this is the Live Till 5 show, variety show. Started about three years ago now. Uh, Jared Baldwin is the normal host from week to week. Uh, He is in the States right now with his family, has been for the last couple weeks. Uh, Chris was with us two weeks ago, Chris uh, Harper, who joins me now on the board. And then we also have Sebastian here as well today. Uh, He hosted it a couple weeks ago, and then last week we sort of took a Christmas break, and I think a rerun went. And uh, now we're back live with you this week uh, on this second to last day of 2016. And we hope you're enjoying your last few days of of this year. And a lot has happened, and uh, especially this last week as people have gone to work for a few days. I know they're looking forward to an extended weekend here with the new year uh, and and that happening Sunday morning or Saturday night. Uh, But then today... We're going to kind of have uh, a number of different things, as we do when we run this show. Uh, today, we're going to have a little bit of uh, Stranger Than Fiction, or at least uh, some some interesting stories to start off with today, and then uh, we're going to get into about a few minutes of just some sports, because this weekend, uh, you, have, you have the September-October time when it's pretty loaded with um, baseball and hockey starting, basketball starting, football's in midseason. But this time of year right now, I'll talk a little bit about it, uh, we have the close of the football season coming in, um, middle of the NBA and hockey seasons, and, uh, of course, baseball, uh, who are loving their time off. So we'll get to that in a little bit. If you're joining us for the first time, uh, welcome. Uh, we, we're usually here 3 to 5 on Friday afternoons uh, every week. But uh, if you aren't able to catch all of the broadcast today, if you'd like to catch more of it later, we will be broadca- rebroadcasting it tomorrow uh, from noon to 2, and then also on Sunday night from 7 to 9. Uh, the other places you can find it are at khmg.org. Uh, on the Listen tab, there's uh, different um, places there on, on our website, but also uh, podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. Uh, you can listen to it live on the TuneIn app, a free app to download. And uh, of course, you're always welcome to follow us on Facebook. Uh, we'll have different posts or questions that come up there week to week. Uh, but overall, uh, we're thankful for you guys joining us today. And uh, Sebastian, how was your week post-Christmas week here? Oh, it's been great. You know, just... Uh been here in the station, kind of lonely. Everyone's a little bit lonely, a little R and R, but also uh, some work to be done. Yeah, uh, Chris, you just got back from. Well, why don't you tell everybody where you just went? Well, I was I I went uh, back to where I grew up, Spokane, Washington. I was visiting my dad. My dad was not in good health. It was in right. fact it was a, um, a kind of a an emergency trip because sure. he was not doing well. But then uh, when I by the time I got there. He had really bounced back and was doing awesome. very well, and he was home, and uh, frankly had three, four, five really good days in a row, and he was going to sure. be on hospice, and the decision was made while I was there, pretty much while I was there mm-hmm. after a couple of meetings and things, uh, to not be on hospice, so he wasn't to the point where uh, he needed to be on hospice, so my mom just told me um, today that or i guess it was last night mm-hmm. that uh that he's not going to be on hospice so he's just going to continue with his regular wow. doctors so 
Actually, Robert. though, that last year they told him he, that that was going to be his last Christmas. So he was in the hospital sure. Christmas Eve, and they told him, you better go home for Christmas. This will be your last Christmas. Well, I spent Christmas yes, with him this did. year, and I said, Dad, uh, let's try to make it. Let's try to make it through next Christmas. Yeah, yeah let's, let's make that can, a goal. Let's see what we can do there. Sure. So, well, good to hear. I'm yeah, glad so to hear good. that encouraging uh, a small Christmas gift there of Dad's health. Yeah. And uh, and now you're back with us. You just got back in yesterday. I'm sure your kids and wife are very pleased to have Dad back home. Yeah. Uh, but I know the time uh, spent with your family was, was sweet as well. Well, we're all back here, and we're going to go ahead and get into a few different things, stranger than fiction-wise. Uh, normally, Jared has the buck stops here, and we have a few idioms I'm going to throw into the show today. Um, but generally, we'll keep the show uh, pretty standard uh, with our, my own few things brought in. The main theme today is going to be New Year's resolutions um, and also uses for Christmas trees after Christmas. So those are the couple things we're going to talk about mainly in the second hour. If we have time, uh, we'll bring it maybe a few things in this first hour. But uh, this first hour, I have um, This Day in History and some Stranger Than Fiction. We also have a new spin on our What's in My Coffee, and I'll explain that in a little bit. Uh, so you can stay tuned for that. But let's go ahead and start here with a selfie catastrophe. Museum workers in Lisbon, Portugal are mourning the loss of a priceless 18th century statue of St. Michael. After a tourist got too close for a picture, the unidentified tourist who had reportedly been trying to take a selfie photograph accidentally bumped into the 300-year-old winged sculpture, knocking it to the ground and shattering it. While Portuguese authorities are investigating to see whether the tourist should face charges, the nation's culture minister has complained of a lax security at the National Art Museum uh, of ancient art uh, there in Portugal. So you have basically a complaint against the tourists, but you also have the culture minister. Uh, he's not real happy with security for letting a, a tourist get that close to bump this 300-year-old sculpture over. Uh, this one, I read it probably three or four times. I'm not sure exactly what it is talking about. Maybe you, you can decide there listening. Grave decision. Chalk it up to the power of incumbency. for the From the grave... Oceanside, California city treasurer Gary Ernst was able to win re-election by a six-point margin over his opponent, Nadine Scott. Ernst passed away September 23rd due to complications from diabetes, but the late date meant that the ballots featuring his name could not be updated. In December, the Oceanside, Oceanside City Council will decide either to hold a special election or to simply appoint someone to take the office. So what we're talking about here is the fact that a man's in the on the ballot. He's incumbent, right. so he's been in the office. He passes away in September. The election's in November, but because it was such a late date, they didn't take his name off. But I guess the announcements about his death or whatever in September didn't make it. Didn't to the make voters. it to the general public, yeah. and so they voted for him, and he won by six points. Wow! And so now they have to decide to reelect, uh, do a reelection of that office, or just to appoint somebody as his replacement. But uh, interesting. Interesting mm -hmm. there. My last one from here, we have pitiable, pitiable Parade. You can probably guess what this was going to be about. Long-suffering Cleveland Brown fans, Chris McNeil, figures he won't be going to a Super Bowl, a Brown Super Bowl parade anytime soon. So why wait? The Ohio man has requested a Cleveland City Parade permit scheduled for January 7th in the event that the Browns bunk, um, make their way to a winless 0-16 record this year. 
After embarrassing Brown's losses to Dallas and Baltimore to move the record to 0-10, this was obviously written about three weeks ago because, yeah. indeed, they did win they this last weekend against yep. the Chargers on a missed field goal by the Chargers to put it in overtime. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how. He kicked it, and it looked good, and at the end it just – you know, went wide right. Uh, 0-10 McNeil's Facebook group has already racked up more than 2,000 promised attendees for the parade and titled the Browns Perfect Season 0-16. Did you, did you see the picture? <laughs> did you see that? There was all these pictures of of the Browns players celebrating like they had won the mm-hmm. Super Bowl uh, when they had just Yeah, it hasn't happened for eight years, but the only team to do it is my beloved Detroit Lions, which I'm going to talk about in about 10, 15 minutes <laughs> because their season's been very different. In fact... They're playing final week into the season, primetime, at 11.30 Guam time on Monday morning, which is the Sunday night football game, because of what it means. And I'll explain a little bit more about that in the show. But we have, we have turned the corner a bit. We're, uh, we're now 9-7, and seven, but uh, it's still going to take a pretty good game on Sunday night. Green Bay, right? Uh, it's against Green Bay, yeah. yes. It's yeah. against Green Bay. Uh-huh. So, anyways, so, uh, I guess happy for the Cleveland Browns will be 1-15. Fifteen or two and fourteen, I guess, depending on how they do this weekend against the Steelers, who are resting everybody. But hey, they could win that and have a two-win season going into next year. Something um, to build on. Yeah, as they say. the problem is is right now what was going to be a problem is if San Francisco lost last weekend, they didn't. They won. They'd have gotten the first pick of the draft, but because oh. San Francisco also won, moved their record to two and fourteen. Now the Browns are two and thirteen. The Browns still got a win and retained the first round draft pick. Wow. So it was really a good weekend for the Cleveland Browns, right. all things considered. Uh, four units of measurement stranger than metric. Now to me, I'd I'd start right here. Stranger than our standard. The metric system makes complete sense to me. Yeah, I, I obviously am more comfortable with the other, the one I grew up in in America. But this says stranger than metric. Metric. To me, isn't strange. But anyways, number one, a smoot. S-M-O-O-T. Yeah. Did Jared already do this? No. Okay, good. All right. So a smoot is a is exactly five feet seven inches. It's the height of MIT freshman Oliver Smoot in nineteen fifty eight <laughs> when he used the, to measure the length of the Harvard Bridge between Boston and Cambridge. Smoot's fraternity brothers defend uh, sorry, determined the bridge was exactly three hundred and sixty four point four smoots long plus one ear. Next, we have Helen. Helen of Troy's mug launched 1,000 ships. So artist and writer David Lance Goines developed the Helen system to measure beauty. To launch one ship, you'd need a Milla Helen. Meanwhile, a Pico Helen could inspire a man to barbecue a couple of steaks and toss an inner tube into the pool. I have no idea what, what all what that means. A mean? uh, uh, beauty. I guess if you're, if you're a Milla Helen... Uh, that's that's sorry, uh, but if wow. you're a, if you're a a Pico Helen, you you might you're, you're rather rather beautiful. I, I have no idea where they're going with that one. These other two make a little bit more sense. Number three, the beard second. A beard second is the average length a man's beard grows in one second. However, experts disagree on what the length is. Some say ten nanometers. Others, including the Google calculator, say it's five. So you think about, yep, ten. Nano. Now, Sebastian over here, yours might be the solid 10. Mine's more probably the average of five. Uh, but anyways, I don't know what you're using that measurement for, a beard second. Um, but that would vary based on uh, on the man, I'm sure. And lastly, we have a Sheppy. A herd of sheep is scenic from afar. 
but the closer you get, the dirtier the wool looks. So writers Douglas Adams and John Lloyd gave us the Sheppy, the distance you need to stay away from a flock of sheep so they resemble cute balls of fluff. One Sheppy is about seven-eighths of a mile. So you get too close, it's not as pretty as it was back there at seven-eighths of a mile. So anyways, uh, I, I, I still I, like mile. And I thought of a couple of other units of measurement, though, that people use elsewhere. I like it. Um, with horses, you use how many hands high they are. Right. right. Yeah, there's other um, suitable measurements, um, you know, even what the what the Bible used with cubit and, and yeah, span were yeah. all parts of the anatomy. Your anatomy yeah. used it, but they were actually, you could use it to measure something. Yeah. A beard second, I'm never using that to measure anything unless I'm, I guess, a scientist or, in a lab. Or in the UK, they say how many stone you are rather stone, than yeah. how, how many pounds you are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of different things. We could probably go down uh, the amount of measurements out there that we don't use but that the world uses somewhere oh, besides yeah. the metric and, and standard yeah. or uh, the American system. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many of you are M&M lovers. I'm okay. Uh, Reese's Pieces, though they're not M&M's, are probably my favorite type of candy in mm-hmm. that sort of family. Yeah. But as far as M&M goes, I like peanut peanut butter filled and peanut filled. A regular plain old M&M, I'm kind of a give or take on that one. If there's a bowl of it there at a guest, I'm a guest at somebody's house and there's a bowl, I'll probably eat some. But I don't go and buy them for myself. Well, in 2017, cheesecake M&M's are happening. Yes. After years of either plain chocolate or peanut, M&M's have been on a roll introducing new flavors in their candy. Coated lineup. <laughs> candy coated lineup. Yeah. <laughs> a coated lineup. Uh, while some va- uh, varieties are like peanut butter, pretzel, uh, mint, almond, crispy, dark chocolate have stuck around, other flavors have been short-lived, uh, sometimes for the better. better. After introductions of such limited-time flavors as pumpkin spice latte, white butterscotch, and pecan pie, which sounded delicious, actually, the iconic candy brand clearly has no plans for stopping there. Junk food blog The Impulsive Buy uh, recently shared its latest find, white cheesecake M&Ms, made especially for Valentine's Day, and spotted by one of the readers at Walmart. No word yet on how close it comes to taste the real thing, but we'll be looking forward to giving them a try. Probably going to be out here. I'm hoping they'd be out here. I'd willing, be willing to give it a try. And, and probably a month or so, Valentine's Day here in a month and a half. But uh, Cheesecake M&M's 2017. Give your Valentine some Cheesecake yeah. M&M's. Is it, you'd save yourself a few bucks. So you could go yeah. and get her an actual piece of cheesecake or just give her a little mini bag of M&M's with cheesecake in it. Great. I'm going to give uh, a list of idioms here and see if you guys, these are all going to have the word new in them. And this is kind of going along with our theme for the day, is that we're going into the new year Sunday. It'll be the first day of the new year. And so today, we I have a list of, I think, six or seven idioms with new in it. And uh, I'll read the idiom. This won't be as tricky as, um, as, as Nick's game used to be when he had all his, his interesting verbiage to describe one. Um, but just see if you guys know what these mean. A new lease on life. Uh, what does that generally mean? A yeah, new lease on life. Everything has changed for you. Like yeah. uh, you're you have a new around. road. You have a new yeah. opportunity, <gasps> like you said, to be successful or happy. Uh, as good as new. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. self-explanatory. It's been repaired or, yeah. or, or something. Yeah. yeah. You, you have a tuned piano. It's as good as new. Right. Uh, most of these in here we use, and that one there, as good as new, that's an idiom, but I don't know if it gets any better at, at explaining what it means. Uh, the new kid on the block. Yeah. 
first yeah. to somebody uh, who's new to a place. Uh, you can teach an old. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Um, just doesn't work. Uh, new blood, a uh, person that's usually a new member of a team or group, uh, and break new ground. Expression talking about a person being a pioneer, doing something that no one else has done. And uh, and then we have Happy New Year, of course. That that's not necessarily an idiom. That's just a phrase. I should. We should get a new idiom going, like. Um, uh, I would get that done in a beard second. Yes. Or yeah. something. That, uh, that, yeah. If you gave me some cheesecake M&Ms, I would eat them in a beard second. Yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> <laughs> we're, something we're, like with, that. With, with that, I will let you ponder on that. We're going to take a short break here. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about uh, just a, a look at sports here for the next couple uh, of weeks as we head into the new year. Stay with us. You're listening to Live Till 5, KHMG 88.1. back with a little bit more live till five uh, if you've not been able to join us for the first few minutes of the show uh, we will re- will rebroadcast uh, tomorrow from noon to two and from sunday night uh, from seven to nine uh, you've also probably noticed that this is not jared he's in the states with his family uh, my name is lawrence nagengast i'm up here with jared pretty much every week uh, for about the first hour i do this day in history and and uh, we enjoy what's what's in my coffee as well together. Um, but today, uh, I'm your host, and then Jared should be back next week, uh, first show of the new year. Um, it will be already, I think, January 5th or 6th. Um, we'll be right into the first week already by the time he gets back. But today, uh, I enjoy sports a lot, and I know some of you may as well. I'm just going to give a little bit of update, specifically in the area of football, because we are coming down to the last two weeks of the college football season. And then we are in the last weekend of the regular season for the NFL. And so I just wanted to give you a little bit of an update on the schedule for this weekend because all the bigger bowls, all the higher-ranked teams play this weekend. And then, of course, uh, you have the four um, playoff teams that I'll get to here in a minute. Um, But tomorrow, Guam time. These are all going to be Friday games in the States. Uh, You have the AutoZone Liberty Bowl uh, is at noon on Friday, so it'll be 3 in the morning here. Georgia and TCU, and the Hyundai Sun Bowl, Stanford, North Carolina, the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl. Yikes. That is a mouthful there. But that's Nebraska and Tennessee. That'll be played at 3.30 or 6.30 our time. Uh, Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl is South Alabama and Air Force. Uh, And then you have, of course, the game I'll be uh, excited to watch and tuning into, which will be the Capital One Orange Bowl. Uh, That's Michigan and Florida State. And um, I, I won't talk any more about what happened at the end of the season. It's not worth going back and talking about the Michigan-Ohio State game and uh, or any bitterness that I might hold for the result of that game. So they play tomorrow. It'll be a great game. Florida State's a good team, um, good defense, uh, and, and running back as well. But they play at 11. And then tomorrow night, uh, I guess tomorrow late afternoon, Buffalo Wild Wing Citrus Bowl is LSU in Louisville. And then Tax Slayer Bowl. I always love the name of these bowls. Georgia Tech, Kentucky and Chick-fil-A and PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, 
and PlayStation Fiesta Bowl will be the two games for the national championship semifinals. Uh, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl will be played at 3 p.m. Uh, stateside time, Washington versus Alabama. And then at 7, you have the Ohio State-Clemson game. Now, that will probably be one of the best. To me, it'll be one of the best uh, bowl games. Uh, they both have very high-powered offenses and uh, good defenses as well. But um, if you're looking for some good football over the weekend here, you're going to find it here in these games. And then, of course, after that, you've got a few more um, January 2nd games. They don't play on, on Sunday which uh, because of the NFL, so they're moved to Monday. These are normally New Year's Day bowls. You have Florida versus Iowa in the Outback Bowl, Western Michigan versus Wisconsin. Uh, Western, Western Mis- Michigan is not a Power 5 conference. I won't go into that, but they had an undefeated season, so now they get to come up and play a Big Ten school, Wisconsin. So that would be a, a version of a David and Goliath if you're looking to watch that. The Rose Bowl is USC versus Penn State. The All-State Sugar Bowl is Auburn versus Oklahoma. And then, of course, on January 9th, you will have the national championship, the winner of Clemson, Ohio State, and Washington, Alabama. So that's just an update on the schedule over the weekend. For those of you that are interested in watching some of the um, college football games. And then the other thing I'm going to talk about real quickly here is what the NFL playoff picture looks like right now. Simply because years previous, I probably wouldn't talk much about it. But my dear Lions (laughs) are playing this weekend for a very, very important, in a very important game. And uh, really quickly, I'll just go through um, the AFC side. Uh, you have the Patriots. Cur- this is currently okay. This is before these weekends game. Right now, you have the Patriots uh, with a bye and the Raiders with a bye, and then you have the Dolphins playing the Steelers and the Chiefs playing the Texans. That's what the AFC playoff picture is today. And then on the other side, you have the Cowboys that are still first. You have the Falcons with a bye as well, second, and then you have the Lions versus the Seahawks and the Giants versus the Packers. And the reason why this is important is because you have the Redskins. That if they beat the Giants and the Packers beat the Lions, the Lions are out. So that's just a little look into what I'm dealing with here. Is is there is a chance they don't make the playoffs? Now, the the same is true if the Redskins beat the Giants and the Lions beat the Packers, the Packers are out. Yeah. And I had a staff member actually came into my office this week asking me to have that happen. Yeah. So I like I have the power to call up, you know, Stafford, can you play extra hard this weekend? I'd appreciate it because yeah. uh, we'd like you to not we'd like the Packers not to be in the playoffs, you know, if it, if if you can. We, from the Seahawks perspective, we'd like to play the Lions. Yes, you would. And we would <laughs> like to play the Seahawks, to be quite honest. Yeah. Uh, you guys without the um, I can't remember the year corner that went that broke his leg. Yeah, uh, but since that. They haven't been quite the same on defense. Yeah. But um, who knows? This weekend will be a great weekend of football, both college and NFL. Uh, I know some of the listeners, this is not uh, even anything that's going to interrupt your your break. But um, for those of you that do care, uh, it is going to be a fun weekend of football for a lot of different teams and, and, and uh, states as they watch their football team play. Yeah, now – from a from a sports perspective, I'm usually a Seattle guy because I grew up in Washington mm-hmm. and in Spokane. We loved all the Seattle teams, sure. but the one thing we're the one Washington team we're rooting against, if you're from Spokane, is the University of Washington, because if the University of Washington won the national championship, 
we would never hear the end of it because we're Washington You're State Washington fans. Washington State. Oh boy. So we we don't want them to win. At, As from in Spokane, people are very much against Washington University of Washington. Yeah. Yeah. yeah University of Washington. Yeah. Yeah. That would uh, from from a sports person looking at that matchup, I would like to say you guys shouldn't be that worried. Alabama's an incredible football yeah. team, but at the same time, it is the semifinals of the national championship. Anything could happen. Washington is good. They have good quarterback. Uh, it, it could be a great game. It will be a great game either way. I just think Alabama's too good. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. <laughs> yeah, from a Washington <laughs> State fan, Roll Tide. Um, one other thing, um, in, in case you haven't been paying attention uh, to, um, to the show so far, is we have our What's in Our Coffee but our coffee shop isn't closed, or is closed, and so we had to get creative today. And uh, so when I came, when I came to the show, I stopped by our, our beloved Mobile McDonald's Mart and picked up some delicious drinks here uh, out of a little bin near the cash register. And so today we're we're going to play what's in my Aloha made. So Sebastian has a, a version of Aloha made. I have one, and Chris has one. Chris already popped the cap on his. So what we're going to do here is we're going to take a few sips of this. Uh, Sebastian's giving you a uh, a sound version of popping the um, pop can <laughs> and a sip of it. Oh, man. But I don't have them covered up. They can see what the name is. So without saying the title, go ahead and give your uh, listeners. Chris, we'll start with you and then Sebastian. Give the listeners a little bit of an idea of what you have, and then we'll go back through. Or then at the end, you can say what you have. This seems like it's life-changing for Sebastian. He uh, just took a drink, and he had a look on his face like it was <laughs> the uh, a whole what, what, what a whole it? new world. A whole new world. It's more of a realization. <laughs> a realization. A realization. Because of yeah. uh, my taste buds. Oh. oh. Oh, okay, yes. That's a different story <laughs> altogether. So this drink, it feels like to me, um, is... There are two flavors going on here, and you can you can readily tell that your first sip that there are two different flavors. Yes, I don't know if they're competing with one another or something, but um, it's sort of a sweet and tart taste to it, right? Mm-hmm. You've got sort of the sweet and the tart, mm-hmm. sweet and the tart, and uh, it's also a very familiar taste. And since I know what it is, but I would have known immediately. You could have covered this up. You could have put duct tape around the can. I could have. And I still would have known that this is calamansi. <laughs> calamansi right. sweet lime is what it's called. That's so, the green can in Aloha yeah. made. It's probably my favorite. Yeah, um, I like it. Yeah, it, it's just really good. It's a really good drink. Uh, they're not expensive. And um, and so if you're looking for something that's not water and, and, and a bit thirst-quenching, thir- that would do it for you. All right, Sebastian, try to describe what you had here. Okay, so... Yeah, with my taste buds currently being uh, kind of out, I it, I don't really taste anything. It's a long anything. story, which we will not get into yeah, on the show. Uh, it, but anyway, um, I can't really taste much, so it kind of tastes like a light orange juice. That's the best I can do. A light describe. orange juice. So if you're looking <laughs> oh, for something tangy, uh, I guess, or a light orange juice, uh, this would be the drink for you. To me, it, it's, it's probably my second favorite to the calamansi. Uh, what's the name of your drink here? This is Lilikoi Passion. Yeah, Lilikoi Passion. And uh, it's the newest one I think they've come out with. It's the most recent one I've seen, at least on Guam. Um, but that one's pretty good. And then this one is just a very classic um, 
it's a peach can and um, it, it has, it's very tropical, uh, very tropical. Uh, it's, it's called passion orange and uh, it's got some passion fruit and some orange in it. And uh, that's hence the name. And so these drinks all here are, are very refreshing when cold. I, I don't usually drink them warm because they're always out of the fridge. But uh, these, the, this is our what's in our coffee. I didn't even we didn't even play the little uh, the little no I didn't tune. play the music yeah uh, yeah we just what's we just skipped right past that and and so this is this that's what this section's brought to you by I guess is is Aloha made <laughs> really <laughs> so yeah they wow. don't know that but this yeah. uh, these these fifty no cent drinks right here that they, they did the job made in Hawaii can't taste mm. the now is is King Car is that a product of Guam. I'm uh, sorry, I don't know this. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I I know when whenever we do the college gift packs packages or parents send their college kids boxes, yeah. usually a few bottles of King Car is in there because yeah. you can't get it in the states. Yeah, and for whatever reason, they they have the ability to. The flavor is just unique. It and is, and it's and it's good and it's consistent. Yeah, uh, whenever you drink King Car, you know what you're going to get. And so I think it is a Guam, or at least this part of the world, uh, is where it has originated from. But that is a very yeah. good drink as well. Because that was new to me, and I discovered that. And Wasn't I thought, a disappointment. I'm just going to drink this yeah. all the time. This will be what I, I don't, but I, I could. You could. I just drink it all the time. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, we're going to take another short break here. When, I, when we come back, we will uh, have some This Day in History, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about what we did our Christmas Day uh, before we get to the top of the hour. And we're back. Thank you for joining us this Friday, December 30th. Hope you're enjoying your last couple days of, of this year, 2016. Been quite the eventful year. Uh, you could start with the election, you could go with the Olympics, you could go with all sorts of different things. In fact, recently, uh, there's been a number of celebrities uh, that ha- have passed away, even just in this last week. It was kind of the bigger news um, between um, Debbie Reynolds, uh, but the one before that was her daughter, and I'm blanking on her name. Carrie Fisher. Uh, yeah, Carrie Fisher, thank you. <laughs> Princess Leia is what I was going to yeah. say, but that, I just didn't want to say that. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Fisher, thank you. Um, the two of them, very um, successful in their uh, in their endeavors in Hollywood. And uh, I almost brought up with me uh, some famous quotes by Carrie Fisher because uh, she had some pretty interesting ones that she said. Some of them were based on um, uh, her growing up in Hollywood because her mom, um, probably most famous for... Um, singing in the rain and other other musicals or videos she or movies she was in, but um, but I, I didn't, and so maybe in the second hour I might bring some of those up if if we have time. But for today, we're going to talk about this day in history. Uh, we'll start in 1460, the War of the Roses, Battle of Wakefield in Northern England. Duke of York 
killed and his forces soundly defeated by the forces for King Henry VI. Um, these, this War of the Roses was uh, one of the determining factors for the next ruling family, uh, the Stuart family, and, and out of that, King Henry VIII and, and his line with Elizabeth and Mary uh, will sort of come down from uh, that, the, that war much later, the Tudors. Uh, 1621, English King James I cracks the pro- protestation of Parliament. Uh, during that time, this is the same James I that in 1611 uh, proved the uh, publishing of the King James Version. Uh, this is the same James that it's named for uh, as, as a publicity stunt, uh, basically, is he wanted a way to make as many people in England like him. He was the king from Scotland, uh, King James VI there, and he became King James I of England. And um, and one of the ways he figured people advised him that would be to get in the people's good graces was to give them a, a Bible, uh, publish a Bible. And so though he had no desire to know or believe anything about it, he had it published, and, and that won him a lot of um, points with the people, I guess you will. And, and it's still a Bible version we have today. Um, but anyways, with Parliament, there was a lot of issues, and that will lead to Oliver Cromwell and others uh, later down into history. Um, after much back and forth in Parliament, that is. Um, moving on, you have 1918, Johnny Hoover, John E. Hoover, decides to be called J. Edgar Hoover, uh, who is a longtime, or is the first director of the FBI. Uh, you don't, you, I've heard his name before, but you don't think of him as John Hoover. You think of him as J. Edgar Hoover when you hear his name. But he decided that, I guess. 1924, astronomer Edwin Hubble, formally announces existence of other galactic systems at meeting of the American Astronomical Society, uh, which he'd be right, but back for 1924, that was pretty big find. Uh, those, yeah. si- those, those gentlemen, women looking into what space is all about at that time were just beginning to discover, and uh, Hubble was part of that early, um, those early discoveries. Uh, 1941, Winston Churchill addresses Canadian Parliament. This is pretty directly about World War II and their involvement, and they will get involved. Um, 1941, at this point, this is three, four weeks after Pearl Harbor, and uh, again, still, you're you're, you're talking two and a half years from D-Day, but there was a whole beach that was taken by the Canadians. Uh, Oh, man. I want to say, I can't remember right now. There's Gold, Juno, Omaha, Utah, and um, I can't. I think the one I'm missing is the uh, Canadian beachhead that they took. But there were five. There were five beachheads in Normandy, and so his address to the Canadians must have been uh, powerful, well recepted, because they did end up getting involved. Yeah. Uh, 1968, Frank Sinatra first records "My Way" with lyrics were written by Paul Anka, based on the French song. Um, the fr- a French song. <laughs> a French song, yes. <laughs> yes, I, I'm not going to even try to bother uh, pronouncing that. 1972, U.S. President Richard Nixon halts bombing of North Vietnam and announces peace talks. Um, so, leading to the end of the Vietnam War, even though it had been already very um, detrimental uh, to a lot of families and a lot of the men. Um, 1988, North subpoenas Reagan and Bush as defense witnesses for upcoming trial. Uh, also in 1996, proposed budget cuts by Benjamin Netanyahu sparked protests from 250,000 workers who shut down services across Israel. 
uh, that that sort of thing with him. That he's a pretty beloved leader over there. Um, but that was also 20 years ago, yeah. and uh, things were a little bit different back then. Uh, my final thing here is actually a, a sports thing, kind of a sad one for one Mike Shanahan. But in 2008, on this day, he was fired by the Denver Broncos. Five years later, on this day, he was fired in 2013 by the Washington Redskins. So, sadly, you have same day, five years apart, uh, same guy fired from two different teams. So, Mike Shannon, good coach, did a lot of good things in the NFL, but uh, on this day in history, not a good one for him to remember December 30th. Uh, that is for sure. So, uh, as we get closer to the top of the hour, uh, Sebastian, we'll start with you. Uh, what what are some things you did maybe uh, – it doesn't have to be on Christmas Day, but it can be – something you got for Christmas, some things you got for Christmas, or, or something fun you did this week um, because of the time off work or because of the break? Uh, well, I, I guess one of the fun things we did was uh, I went down to a little Christmas party where uh, we were playing some games, some card games, and apparently there was a giant Uno set. Yeah. And the, the cards are about the size of a, like a piece of paper. Yeah, they're like, at least that big. A fellow uh, teacher here um, bought those at Ross. Um, and she told me, she's like, I picked them up and I put them in the cart. And then I said, nah, I don't need these. And then she's like, but I have to have them. And so then she yeah. got them back and they're at least, at least this big, an at least an eight by 11. Yeah, yeah. At and, least. And it makes that plus four even more intimidating. Oh yeah. You're just slap. But, the, and there's no, there's no hiding what you have because even to operate your hand and what's in front of you, the whole room can yeah. just about see it unless they're directly across from you. Uh, so it was definitely – it's not even really a twist on Uno other than the, Uno, other than the fact that you have just a massive stack of cards yeah. on the table. Uh, so th- that was fun. Uh, did you get anything you wanted or anything that was extra exciting? Well, uh, I mean, I, I didn't – since this is my first year here, out here, you know, I, I think my mom's sending me something out here, but okay. uh, I haven't really got too much yet. Uh, I got a book from a friend. Did you read um, it already? No, I'm a pretty slow reader. Big reader, Sebastian. Okay. <laughs> All right. Went yeah. through it in a week. Perfect. Okay, so you're still waiting on a few things. In fact, we talked about that last night. Is, is people have alluded to potentially what's in that box or what's in that package. Yeah, but yeah. I guess you'll have to wait and find that out for real. Chris, what did um, – I guess we'll start yeah. with you. And then did, what, yeah. did your kids open gifts with your wife here? Did you do the Christmas shopping before you left, or did you yes, have her do it? Yes, a lot of that was on Amazon, so yes. we had to do that far in advance. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so I knew all of what was happening there. But there was two things, really, this time around, and that was spending Christmas, you know, with my parents again, which I, it was just, you know, uh, my brother and um, my mom and dad and then my other sister kind of I spent some time with her and then my other brother as well. And um, so that was different, but it was also different being away from my family, uh, my wife and five kids. And Is that the first time? First time, okay. yeah. And then um, what happened there was we, we just got on Skype and we just sort of watched the kids open their gifts. And that was fun. Yeah. You know, they, were, they felt like I was there and at least involved with it. Sure. And so it was uh, it was the wonders of technology. We also did a lot of we did a lot of Skyping and a lot of Facebook Messenger and just back and forth a yeah. lot. So it was it was good. Yeah, that that's uh, definitely a different Christmas, but I'm glad uh, you were able to be where you were, uh, especially knowing wh- uh, your dad's health. Yeah. Um, we had uh, we had a pretty fun day with with it being Sunday this year. 
uh, and having a church service at 1030. And then Lindsay and I were both in uh, a special, a different special. So we had mic check at 945. It was a bit of a rushed morning. Not a bad thing. Uh, I wake up pretty early every day anyway. She'd sleep in if I if I let her, especially on Christmas. She, you know, she probably wouldn't have woken up for a while. But I said, well, we better get a move on here uh, if we're going to get yeah. our breakfast and our presents on all that done. So we woke up and um, and did stockings, and then we uh, you know read the Christmas story, and then um, we opened some of the pre- we opened our presents. Now, uh, a confession, uh, I just this year was one of the first that I've not really had a great idea of what to get her. Yeah, and so I ended up doing some of my ordering late, and so it ended up coming in Monday actually, the day after Christmas. Oh, and she understood, <laughs> but. Um, so that led that led to a a uh, quicker Sunday morning as yeah. far as the Christmas morning was. She had a, she had some things to open, but uh, one of my two favorite gifts, uh, one was for my wife and one was for my brother in law, are both hammocks, but of different kind. Uh, the one my wife got is the parachute like hammock. Basically, oh. it's parachute material, uh, and you put it up to the trees, and it's it's a hammock, but it's a double. So it's very wide. Uh, you can fit two people in it easily. And then my brother-in-law, I don't know if, if you've seen the, they're called air hammocks, but they're the ones that are on Facebook or they're on, you know, commercials for them where people have them uh, on their side and they kind of whip they, them through the air yeah, yeah. and they fill with air and then you, you know, you sit in them oh, and they're yeah, just wow. on the ground. So I have one of those now. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the first day that I opened it, very excited to get one because I had thought about getting one for myself. But I go outside, and it was windy, but not real windy. It was just sort of windy. Yeah. So uh, I figured, surely this will be enough. It's not like flying a kite. I just need to get some air in this. Well, I spun circles. I wasn't quite dizzy, but I was getting there. And so I just got enough air in it. My wife has had a video of me doing this and then getting into the hammock that she's shown nearly half the island. If you haven't seen it, I'm sorry. Uh, actually you're welcome that you haven't, uh, but me trying to get in that thing, um, I've conquered it and I've gotten good at it now, but, uh, there, there was a few attempts early on in the experience that it wasn't, uh, wasn't going very well, but it is more difficult. If you can get on Guam in January with the, with the, um, the wind, you're going to be good to go. But if you're trying to fill it up inside or anywhere where there's no wind, uh, it's a task. You'll, you'll be sweating just trying to get that thing open. So those are my some of my gifts that I got this year. Uh, very thankful for Christmas and, and what it means, the opportunity you have to connect with family. All my family's in Baltimore right now um, together. Um, it's my niece's one-year-old birthday is coming up at the end of this week. And uh, so they're having a good time. So we, we FaceTime with them as well, uh, just like you guys did. But uh, before we get to the top of the hour, I have a quick – I might not even get through all of it before the uh, before we have to go on a break. But as Christmas comes to a close now, the season is pretty much over, and people begin to take their decoration down. I actually thought about doing it today, and then we didn't. Um, I have nine ways um, – one of them got cut off. So I have eight ways Christmas trees are reused after the Christmas season's over. Ready for this? These are yeah. these are breathtaking. I mean, things you'd never even. <laughs> this think is of why you years. get a fake tree. <laughs> exactly. So fake trees that pack up in a box, and you get it out next year, and you yeah. save yourself some money. Yeah. 
Now, one of our issues, though, is is ours was a pre-lit tree, and almost all the lights are burnt out. Oh, so yeah. we have double the lights on our tree, only half of them working. Yes. So wow. it is what it is. I wouldn't get a pre-lit tree again, probably, but it is nice for those first couple years when everything's working. Yeah. Uh, number one is they're used as lumber for homes. Now, <laughs> I don't know what trees they're talking about here, but these must be like the one in, in Rockefeller Center in New York. Yeah. Because the trees that I'm getting, a six-foot tree, no. I, I doubt they're chopping that up. But the tree that's erected at Manhattan's Rockefeller Center each November is arguably the most iconic Christmas display there is. It's also one of the largest, reaching up to 100 feet tall and often weighing more than 10 tons. Oh, my word. That's a lot of lumber. And luckily, Habitat for Humanity makes sure it's put to good use. Every year since 2007, Rockefeller Center has donated its tree to Habit for Humanity International after taking it down on January 9th. From there, the festive behemoth, usually a Norway spruce, is divided into sections in the plaza before it's shipped to a mill in New Jersey for additional sawing. It's eventually made by, into 2x4s and 2x6 beams used in constructed projects around the country. Homes in Bridgeport, Connecticut, Morris, New Jersey, and Philadelphia all contain pieces of what was once the world's most famous Christmas tree in their walls. So that's number one. Number two, they're made into underwater ecosystems. If you were to, to walk along the bottom of Lake Havasu between Arizona and California long enough, you'd eventually come across the site of a Christmas tree graveyard. What may be a creepy scene to holiday lovers is a lush utopia for fish. The branches of the spruces, firs, and pines provide a hiding place from pet predators and attract food for the fish to nibble on. The 875-acre the artificial reef resting on the lake bed consists of PVC pipe, cinder blocks, concrete sewer pipe, brush, and thousands of of Christmas trees. <laughs> so, not a bad deal. Uh, number three, they're used to build sand dunes. Um, this is basically every summertime, and Christmas trees will likely be far from your mind, but they're actually underneath these sand dunes as su- some of the support structure that holds the sand in. Then they'll plant the grass on top, and it'll all kind of stay there, uh, even, even with the winds. Uh, number four, they provide enrichment to zoo animals. Uh, the next page, they have an elephant chowing down on a Christmas tree. Um, wow. In the wild, many animals encounter plant life that change with the seasons. The Oakland Zoo in California hopes to stimulate, sorry, simulate the seasonal variety in captivity with annual Christmas tree donations. Each year, a local Christmas tree lot hands over whatever's left of the inventory, and the zoo's residents are more than happy to take the trees that the others don't want. Zebras munch on the needles, squirrel monkeys swing from the branch to branch, and others otters play games of smell and seek with treats hidden in the trees by zookeepers. So a really good time here after Christmas, folks. You, sounds, you have to go to the zoo and watch your Christmas like tree. Sounds like a new Christmas tradition, smell and seek. Smell and seek. Yeah. Yeah. Play that Hopefully time. they find it. They better <laughs> yeah. be good because uh, if they don't find something, to, that smells uh, only get worse. Uh, they help restore marshland. Uh, down in Louisiana, they'll, they lose some land or they, to this swamp and marshy land, and so they'll put some Christmas trees in there as sort of an edge and it'll sort of uh, give some structure uh, so they don't lose it as much. Uh, number six, uh, they're used as an energy source. Uh, one company, uh, let's see here, uh, in Burlington, Vermont, uh, takes these trees, chops them up, and then uses the wood uh, to stoke the fire to, to run this steam turbine uh, type idea uh, up there. Uh, next, they're transformed into, into art. Since 2012, artist Michael Neff has installed a seasonal art project in New York City. Uh, the suspended forest started with a handful of forgotten Christmas trees, 
hung illegally beneath an overpass in Williamsburg. The most recent uh, iteration included 40 floating trees harvested from sidewalks and tree lots after Christmas. They were on display in a warehouse in Queens throughout the month of January. This time around, Neff had actually received permission to put them there. He hopes to keep bringing the exhibit back to New York uh, yearly. And lastly, they provide free mulch to gardeners, uh, shred them up, use the pine needles and some of the the smaller branches as mulch for people's gardens there, um, compost, whatever have you. So uh, next time you buy a real tree, uh, see if you have the ability to uh, get involved in one of these fun activities. Uh, But that'll about do it. Uh, This this, um, first hour, we've been talking about all sorts of things from sports uh, to Christmas trees at the zoo. Uh, we've also talked about uh, some Stranger Than Fictions with uh, an election uh, where a, a, um, a grave decision, a man from the, uh, from, uh, who had passed away already, won the election. Uh, and so if you've missed any of this hour and you'd like to uh, hear it rebroadcast tomorrow from noon to 2 or from Sunday uh, from 7 to 9 at night, uh, this has not been Jared. I know he'd uh, love to be here and will be here next week, uh, but he is with his family in the States. And so this has been Lawrence Nangast. Uh, joined by Chris Harper and Sebastian. We talked a little Christmas. And in the coming up hour, if you stay tuned past the break in the SRN News, we will be talking about New Year's resolutions and a number of statistics that go along with that. And then I have uh, a small challenge as you enter into the New Year Sunday, uh, starting with coming to church maybe with us. So hopefully you've enjoyed this first hour. We will take a short break. Uh, You've been listening to Live Till 5, KHMG 88.1 Radio. And uh, we'll see you in a little bit. with our second hour of Live Till 5. Uh, normally we have Jared Baldwin with us. He is the normal host for this show, uh, but he's in the States right now. Fi- I'm not up sure he's that normal. Christmas. But. He, <laughs> he's a normal attender, yeah. a normal host. Uh, yeah, I know. He, he can definitely bring his own, uh, his own spin to the show, that's for sure. Uh, we do miss him when he's gone. But uh, he asked me if I would take over uh, hosting the show this week. And uh, so I'm Lawrence Nangas, and I was with you last hour, and we'll be with you here again till 5. And so today, with this being the second to last day of 2016, and uh, many people uh, see meme after meme about how um, difficult 2016 was, uh, to me, I I don't know. I I think it's life. But um, that, that's, that's the way I look at things. But a lot of people are ready for 2017, hoping it's a better year, whatever that means. I don't necessarily know um, why they would expect it to be any different. Um, but uh, anyways, <laughs> two days left in 2016. And so what we talked about in the first hour, uh, we finished with some uses for Christmas trees. And, um, and we also talked a little bit sports. We talked this day in history. We had What's My Aloha Made. Uh, so all around good time. If you missed it, you can tune in for the rebound tomorrow, 12 to 2, or on Sunday night 
from uh, from seven to nine in the evening. Uh, it feels like Saturday today. I don't know why. I'm kind of glad uh, tomorrow is still a, a Saturday and not today. But um, what we're going to talk about now is a number of different articles I found, whether it be on New Year's resolutions. Uh, we're going to start with three reasons why your New Year's resolutions fail and how to fix them. Uh, this is nothing super uh, philosophical here. This is, you know, uh, an article I found on mental floss uh, written by Kristen Wong. So I you can take it or leave it. But let, let's go ahead and give three reasons why uh, maybe maybe you haven't found success. Uh, I have st- some statistics. Actually, before we get to there, let me go ahead and, and pull up my statistics on New Year's resolutions. Um, let's, let's see, gentlemen, how many you think you can guess that are in the top 10. I'll mark them off and let you know if you're right. I'll give you guys each three guesses and see if you can get all three. We'll, we'll alternate. Uh, so, so, Sebastian, I'm going to start with you. Each of you are going to get three guesses. We'll see if you can get all six of them in the top 10 here. Uh, again, these are the top 10 year-to-year, basically, uh, but this one was specifically for 2015. So these statistics are about a year old, but let me tell you, things don't change when it comes to what people are wanting to change about themselves mm-hmm. or about the world. Uh, so, Sebastian, go ahead and give me one. Um, a resolution people have. Oh, uh, work out. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and do, uh, let's see if it's on here anywhere. Or lose weight. Yeah, lose basically. weight. Yeah, lose weight. Is, yeah. Number yeah. one. Same thing. Number one is lose weight. Um, so, Chris, how about you? Um, how about to eat healthier or is that the same thing? Uh, no, we'll I think they say eat healthy, stay fit say. and healthy, Yeah, stay exactly. fit and healthy and then lose weight. Uh, so are both yeah. in the top 10, right? Sebastian, do you have another guess here? Um, graduate, graduate. Um, <laughs> if they're a senior in high school or college, you know, you're probably spot on or go to school. Something educational. Okay. There we go. Yeah, um, that's what I meant more educational. Um, they're going to get good grades. That's, they're going to have straight A's. That's not in the top ten. But you know what? All three of those things are really good resolutions. But they're not in the top ten. Chris, back to you. Uh, wow. See, I don't make these things, so I, know. I don't know what I don't know what people do, and I don't need to lose weight. And I and that must I, be nice. Uh, I'm just saying. We were just talking about this earlier, but. Um, well, I'll go ahead and give them to you one through ten. I don't know. I don't know what the next one is. I, it's got to be like getting organized is number two. Getting organized. Getting well, organized number two. I guess people live a lot of out of control or, or unorganized lives. Uh, you know, I guess if you, well, you have five kids, yeah. so if they're all in, you know, a sport, they all play a musical instrument. Your job is, you know, at least eight hours a day, if not more. Uh, you know, there could be people who are running all over all over the earth to get things done yeah. and so just a, a general more organized feel in a day what about like do, uh go to the vacation place that they are dreaming of or yeah something? spend time with family yeah spend more time with family I, i've heard people say that well this year we're gonna we always say every year we're gonna go here and we never do and yeah we're gonna take go that there. family vacation yeah, spend less like save more oh that's right so financial yeah. for sure okay, is sure. always in there enjoy life to the fullest uh okay i don't know <laughs> This year, I'm going to enjoy life yeah. to the fullest. Well, I guess okay. for a lot of people, 2016 wasn't that. It's a little amorphous. Um, the staying fit and healthy. Learn something exciting. So, you know, you did say education. We mm. can go with learn something exciting. Uh, quit smoking no. is a resolution. Wait. Help others in their dreams. Okay. 
uh, fall in love. How do you I, how do you make that, that as a resolution? I don't know. I don't know. I don't this even know year, where they're finding these statistics. I'm fall in love. That's well, really this year I'm going to help others in their dreams. Yeah. I'm not going to worry about my dreams. Who says that? I'm helping others. Anyways, there's about three of these that are solid. The others, I don't know who's making them. Uh, let's look at some of the other statistics. Percent of Americans who usually make New Year's resolutions about forty five percent. So we're talking almost half the country makes a resolution. Uh, percent of Americans who infrequently make them, 17%. Absolutely never, I think, Chris, this is you, 38% is the absolutely <laughs> never making a resolution. Uh, percent of people who are successful in achieving their resolution, 8 8% yeah. are successful. Still a good amount of people. Whoa. Man. Percent who have infrequent success is 49%, so about half. Percent who never succeed or fail on the resolution each year. It's got to be... 80 percent 24 well 24 whoa if you if you take out the 38 that don't ever oh ever that's make right. them yeah okay gotcha. um people who explicitly make resolutions are 10 times more likely to attain their goals than people who don't okay there's that um so then it goes down and breaks down some of the percentages based on what they did and uh and then length of it you have oh actually this is interesting the percent of people in their 20s who achieve the resolution is 39%. Percent of people over 50 is 14%. So there's some some get-up-and-go people in their 20s, at least 40% of them. But you get over 50, it's, it's uh Well, there's I always have a tough. problem with this topic. The reason why I have a problem with this topic <laughs> is because for Christianity, when we're yes. talking about believers in christ yes you really should be making sort of daily resolutions right. as to how you're going to change your and that's what i'm going to talk life. about at the end of the show uh-huh. so, so it's ooh, it's sort of right. a i'm a more of a daily or weekly goal right. kind of guy exactly uh than a yeah. resolution because resolution you're right you're usually setting yourself up to fail yeah. but mm-hmm. we're gonna go back there's still some things we can glean from uh some truths we can learn from these things and uh so three things and maybe we'll say three reasons why uh, you may not succeed in a goal you've set or a desire you you have. Uh, number one is they're too overwhelming. Let's say your goal is to pay off $5,000 worth of credit card debt this year. Since you're giving yourself a long time frame all year, uh, you end up procrastinating or splurging, telling yourself you'll make up for it later. But the longer you push it off, the bigger and more overwhelming your once reasonable goal can feel. So what's the solution? What we just talked about. Set smaller milestones. The big picture is important, but connecting your goal to the present makes it more digestible and easier to stick with. Instead of vowing to pay off $5,000 by the next December, make it your resolution to put $96 towards your credit card debt every week. If you do the math on that, you're just, you're just a little bit uh, – you actually would get there um, at least yeah. by about – couple hundred bucks in a study from the university of wallagong i don't know where that is at they asked subjects to save using one of the two methods a linear model and a cyclical model in the linear model the researchers told subjects that saving for the future was important and asked them to set aside money accordingly in contrast they told the cyclical group um i lost my note oh this approach acknowledges that one life's concept one, one's life consists of many small and large cycles. That is, events that repeat themselves. Hmm. We want you to think of the personal savings tax as one part of a cyclical life. 
Make your savings test a routine one. Just focus on saving the amount that you want to save now. In other words, these people are trying to give them some information here. And life's not really a cycle because things happen and, and throw cycles to the moon. So um, just save when you can and make a purpose, to make a goal. Make a goal yeah. to save a certain yeah. amount for a week or a month. Uh, problem two is they're too vague. So make your goal a smart one. Specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. When you set specific parameters and guidelines for your goal, it makes it easier to come up with an action plan. You mean, you mean not like I'm going to help others with their dreams? Yeah, I'm not going to help <laughs> with the dream because that's specific. Yeah. That's super measurable. I also know that. Sure, yeah. Uh, and problem three is you fell for the false first step. Now, I never really thought about this, but I've been guilty of it for sure. A false first step is when we try to buy a better version of ourselves instead of doing the actual work to accomplish it. Anthony Angaro of Break the Twitch tells Mental Floss, the general idea is that purchasing something like a heart rate monitor can feel a lot like we're taking a step towards our fitness goals. Oh, that's right. Angaro says, the purchase itself can give us a dopamine release and a feeling of satisfaction, but it hasn't actually accomplished anything other than spending some money on a new gadget. Yeah, people buy uh, exercise equipment too. Yeah. Like that, like that's the part of their goal. Like, Absolutely. I'm going to buy this expensive. Buy some new shoes. Of, buy yeah. some new shoes. I'm going to exactly. buy some workout clothes. I'm going to buy a, a you know a Fitbit. Yeah, of course. I'll buy a Fitbit. It also is a watch that I can not run and still get time. Even worse, sometimes that dopamine is enough to lure you away from your goal altogether. He says that feeling of satisfaction that comes when you purchase often is good enough that we don't feel the need to actually go out and run and use it. So what's the solution? Start with what you already have. You can avoid this trap by forcing yourself to start your goal with the resources you already have on hand. Whether the goal is to learn a new language or improve physical fitness, the best way to get started and avoid the false first steps is to do the best you can with what you already have. Start really small, even learning one new word per day for 30 days straight, or just taking a quick walk around the block every day. This isn't to say that you should never buy anything related to your goal, but as he points out, you just want to make sure you're already developed the habit first. Hey, I, I've t I've actually taught students on this before, college students. Yeah. And when you're doing a creative career, people want to know like, oh, I'm going to get into photography. I'm going to get into videography. What software do I need to buy? What camera do I need to buy? And I always say, well, what do you have anything right now? Oh, well, yeah, I have a something, and they'll name something, and you'll mm -hmm. say, well, why aren't you doing anything with that? Exactly. And it the 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 issue there is. They believe that that piece of equipment is we'll going to better. cause them to, you know, take up this creative yeah. endeavor. But the fact is, people who really do it just take whatever they got and exactly. they are creative with that. Exactly. Now, they might want a better camera, whatever. I mean, it's just like he's saying, you know, buy, you're going to have, maybe you do have to buy something, but that's not the be all end all. Uh, no. Uh, no, it's not. No. Usually, if you if because I've bought plenty of things that are collecting dust today. Yeah, yeah. Um, it if you don't do it without it, you won't do it with it. Yep. Uh, besides, like a car. I mean, <laughs> there are certain things yeah. in life that you purchase it and you will use it because it's a way of life. But there's things in the exercise area, the photography side of things. Um, you know, whatever. It just if you're not finding a use for something uh, that you already have you probably won't, you know, have this new gadget and be able to do more with it. So yeah. um, so not bad. Not bad advice. Uh, keep it simple. 
or specific, I should say, not too vague. Uh, don't fall for the false first step, which is something like buying a gadget and hoping you use it. And then don't make it too big or too overwhelming. And some of these things I'm going to give some advice on in the last part of our show, um, basically on how to how to be successful in the short term, which multiple short-term successes lead to long-term success. I don't want to sound like one of those, but you'll get the idea, and I talk about the end. Uh, next thing we talk about, and then we'll take a, uh, a little bit of a break here, uh, kind of goes hand-in-hand here, but this is seven tips for achieving your goals from our productivity expert. Ooh, Ooh Abby Stone, productivity expert. Well, yeah. I won't read As soon as you call yourself a productivity expert, that's about <laughs> you, the end for you, me. Yeah, that's the end. But <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give you the titles. I'll read a little bit under each one. Uh, I won't read all uh, everything that's written here. But uh, use the right tools. Just brainstorming your goals isn't enough. You need to write them down. And so you can use... Um, there's a there's a productivity planner uh, for their journal collection, and if you don't write your goals down, they might not ever happen. And that's actually a, a pretty true statement. Is uh, if you or just have people. your goals, yeah, or tell have an accountability partner. Yeah, if you just have goals that are sort of out there in the in the uh, wherever, uh, you know, you're right. There's probably not the accountability needed to hold on to it. So either write them down or tell somebody. Very yeah, good. Uh, number two, start with shorter term goals. Um, the productivity planner starts by asking you to list your yearly goals, but coming up with these can seem like a monumental task, especially when you're young. Start with your goals for a relatively short period, like the summer or a semester, and then um, those periods are easier to see as, as relevant. Uh, number three, give equal attention to your personal and professional goals. Number four, do things right the first time. Hmm. Posen recommends you use to live by the principle Ohio, only handle it once. Ohio means that it is most efficient to deal with important matters right then and there. Instead of waiting a week, Posen says, if you wait a week, you may forget the important matters or it may take you an hour to get back up to speed. So if you receive an important email from your boss, only handle it once. Answer it right then and there. Uh, make time for more sleep. Yikes. That should be a new. That could be a New Year's resolution. That could frankly. be a more. Yeah, yeah. That could be. Uh, I, I am not one to go to bed early. Sebastian, do you no, go to bed early? I can't. <laughs> you can't. I usually. Yeah. It's oh. like. I, is it a midnight or later? Also, or is yeah, it's a midnight or later. Don't make excuses Whoa. about your. Yeah. 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 Excuse. Oh, this is, I can't. Is, right? <laughs> so you're a midnight or later guy. Yeah. How about you? What? Oh yeah. I go. I go to bed probably about midnight, but I don't mind waking up early. Either. I don't either. I, yeah. I don't. My I wife doesn't like that. She, she, you know, but I, I operate, I can operate six to seven hours of sleep yep. just fine. Yeah. Um, I'll be more tired. I know I will be, but it doesn't mean I can't operate. Yeah. To me, I, I don't know. I like, I like to be up late. I, I just, it's the way I, the way I think and work. I don't well, know why. It feels like, it feels like you've got some free time, especially with me yeah. with all the kids and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Is they go to bed at eight or whatever. And then you feel you like, aha, I've got day. a little time. Well, that's when I so. first started teaching. My first day, I, w- I had no idea what an expenditure of energy teaching was yes. until my first day. I came home, ate dinner, and went to bed maybe 5.30, 6. Wow. I said, this can't be my life. I can't teach all day, come home, eat, and go to bed. Yeah. So it was <laughs> almost out of a, a, a defilement of, of, of having free time, of having something, of some time to yeah. do some things that are not necessarily work-related. 
Uh, and that's why break is so nice because you can do it in the day and, and not go to bed so late. But anyways, number five was make time for more sleep. You need a solid seven hours is what she says in here of rest for more than just your beauty. Without enough sleep, your performance will decline on complex tasks without you even realizing. Yeah. Number six is exercise. Devote at least 15 minutes each day to exercise. Posen writes in his planner, this will help you feel more alert and eager to tackle the day. But again, how do you fit this time into your busy schedule? You should try to exercise in the middle of the afternoon when your energy is low. That will help you be more energetic and productive for the rest of the day. So interesting. If you have a chance to exercise around 2 or 3 in the afternoon, I guess that would be the time to try and do it. And lastly, number seven, make some simple changes to your routine. To increase your productivity and work more efficiently, recommends taking five easy changes to your daily routine right now. Number one, get prepared the night before so in the morning you can quickly dress, eat a standard breakfast, and leave for work. Number two, use a two-sided schedule where you list your appointments on the left side and what you want to get out of them on the right. Number three, don't call a meeting unless you need to discuss something and keep all meetings to 90 minutes at the maximum. Most people mm. can't even do that because they don't call their own meetings. Right. You're right. This yeah. is this is more leadership stuff. Number yeah. four, skip over two-thirds of your email. You can tell they are not worth reading by the subject matter and sender. Woo. I don't know about that of your advice. Email. I don't know. That's rough. That. I, he must be getting a lot of junk. Um, yeah. I, what comes into my mailbox, certain, specifically my school one, if I skipped over two-thirds, I'd be in some trouble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then number five, think about your purpose before reading anything. Then read the intro and conclusion to decide if you want to read more. I so, don't know about that either. Yeah, these, these, yeah, you can take each one of these with a grain of salt. This is our professional. Uh, this is our professional productivity expert. As soon as, but today the word expert. This is a whole other thing for oh, me. I know. But today the word expert is so destroyed. I mean, they'll 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 get a twenty five year old person up on a television show and say they're an expert. You cannot be an expert at twenty five. I'm sorry, no. it's no, it's not possible. So no, you don't I read all. all these people online, and they say they're self proclaimed. There's some hard working people Please. that young, uh, but they don't it. know it all yet. I so what we're gonna do is we'll take a little break. This is live till five. You've been listening to the first part of the second hour, and we thank you for being with us. And we'll be back after this quick break. back in live till five thank you for joining us this afternoon on this december 30th uh jared baldwin is not here this is lawrence Nagengast hosting live till five this weekend and uh, he'll be back with us next week after he gets back from the states and uh and this has actually been some beautiful weather for the break uh i always love when it gets to december january february uh the nice trade winds come in and uh my wife loves to go to the beach uh i'm i'm not as big a fan i like to be outside 
uh, especially when the weather is beautiful like it is, uh, fun activities like that. But um, the beach, and I, I don't know. I, sand. I hate sand. Yeah, oh, sand man. and just being sweaty and dirty, I, I don't know. It's just <laughs> not – now, if I'm working, you know, one thing, but – that, that's not enjoyment to me. So me and her, we, we always have that disagreement uh, as far as what's relaxing. Uh, and me, air conditioning, <laughs> football, those are relaxing things. Her, it's the beach, which um, which I'm glad for. But we're going to come back in here and finish up our section on uh, New Year's resolutions and a couple other things that you can maybe set for goals. Uh, I have two things at the end, or two things that we'll finish up this part with. Uh, on things to think about going into the new year. But here's just a few more things about New Year's. The Times Square New Year's Eve ball uh, came as a result of a ban on fireworks. The first ball in 1907 was an illuminated 700-pound wood and iron ball adorned with 125-watt light bulbs. Today, the round ball designed by Waterford Crystal weighs 11,875 pounds is 12 feet in diameter, and is bedazzled with 2,668 Waterford crystals. It's like a festive behemoth. It is a festive behemoth. That is That would be the perfect example. <laughs> that and, and the that, Christmas tree in Times Square. Yeah, well, yeah, it's at um, the Rockefeller, Rockefeller Center. Center. There yeah. we go. Due to wartime restrictions, though, the New Year's Eve ball was not lowered in 1942 and 43. Uh, so it took two years off from doing that. Uh, throughout the year, visitors to Times Square in New York City write their New Year's wishes on pieces of official Times Square New Year's Eve confetti. At the end of the year, the wishes are collected and added to the one ton of confetti that showers the crowd gathered in Times Square in celebration wow. of New Year. So I've never been there for that celebration, but apparently the confetti has people's writings of goals and things or resolutions on it. Pretty interesting. Uh, the top three dimension—sorry, uh, dimensions, destinations—I can read uh, in the United States to ring in the new year are Las Vegas, Disney World, and New York City. And usually, they'll have video of those three places, amongst other places in the world, that kind of go on the news or on the whatever the New Year's show is. They'll show the different celebrations around the world. Uh, we celebrate ours 15 hours before New York City does, uh, so we're well into our New Year's Day. Uh, by the time they they get to midnight. And finally, food uh, plays a big role in New York's traditions. Eating black-eyed peas, ham, or cabbage are thought to bring prosperity. However, stay away from bad luck food like lobsters uh, because they move backwards. (laughs) Chicken because they scratch in reverse. It is believed that eating these on New Year's Day might cause a reversal of fortune. But black-eyed peas are going to do black-eyed okay for you? Black-eyed peas will bring you so much luck. <laughs> but if you what? eat chickens and lobsters on New Year's Day, look out. No way. They scratch and crawl in reverse. Uh, so so be very careful here. Now, this one here, I, I thought about what this could look like. Uh, it's a little bit scary, but in Colombia, Cuba, and Puerto Rico, families stuff a life-sized male doll called Mr. Old Year with memories of the outgoing year and dress him in old clothes from each family member. At midnight, he's set on fire, thus burning away the bad memories of the year. That's intense. (laughs) Mr. Old Year. Mr. Old Year gets torched with all the old stuff from the family. Wow. So I, I don't know. There's some things I don't know if I'd want to get rid of, but maybe it's just, you know, 
the old duds come I, out. I mean, I'd keep the bad memories with the good ones. I right? I know. I know. I mean, it's, some it's of the life. bad memories are helpful in your so, I guess it's resolution, just, maybe. Let's all uncle uh um oh what's it called? Uh when you love to play with fire, um uh you're what are you what are your uh, pyro uncle pyro oh uh, pyro yeah yeah, yeah of he, course. he gets to burn mr <laughs> old year up and uh everybody has a good time well on a more serious note we have uh, two things here five money challenges to try in 2017 um these these again you take them or leave them if you have your own system great if you'd like a money challenge um number one is the rockstar finance weekly challenge the popular personal finance site Rockstar Finance recently launched a series of weekly challenges hosted by Derek Olson. Olson lists a new challenge every Monday, uh, inviting readers to join and share their progress via Rockstar's online forums. The first challenge prompted readers to dig deep and come up with a meaningful financial goal, while the second one challenged them to sell something on Craigslist. Each challenge includes actionable, qualifiable steps. Yeah, so that's good. you just get something uh, once a week, uh, something you can do to either maybe make a money on, a, on like a garage sale or Craigslist or save something. Um, number two, the cash confidence challenge. Stephanie O'Connell is a personal finance expert who often writes about the unique roadblocks women face when it comes to their finances. So the crisis here isn't competence, it's confidence. So you need confidence. Unfortunately, the result of that lower confidence isn't making bad choices, it's making no choices which when it comes to the money, career, or our respective financial futures, holds us back from affording and enjoying all things we really want. So uh, basically, we start out by defining what we actually want without putting personal contingencies, limitation, or judgments, and then they'll break down our respective dream lifestyles into tangible financial metrics. Now, that one seems a little bit difficult uh, <laughs> if that's what you really want. you got to find uh, you know, what your status quo should be and live yeah. within that and live within your means. Uh, a no spend month. This challenge is a little extra challenging, but that's what makes it interesting. The goal is to see how much you can save in a month by cutting back on any expense that isn't an absolute necessity. Some variations of this challenge focus on cutting out a specific expense in your budget, such as restaurants, movies, or impulse spending. Sounds like almost every month of my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing <laughs> that every to, day. Well, yeah, I try to. Uh, aside yeah. from no practical purpose of saving money to pay down debt or put towards your goals, a no-spend month can help you spend more mindfully. You're forced to think twice about your habits and decisions, which can shed some light on how these habits serve you to begin with. For accountability purposes, you could ask a friend or family member to join and then track and share your progress with, with each other throughout the month. Uh, this one... Seems a little bit ridiculous, but it's save a thousand in a week. Uh yeah. Okay. So save save a hundred bucks in a week, maybe. Uh I don't know what in the world they're doing there. It's saving on cable, car insurance, gym membership. Some of those things are need, like a car insurance. What? Uh and then lastly the live richer credit challenge. Um this is a this is a collective <clears throat> They're, the challenge is 22 days long and is organized into three weeks. The first week will cover credit knowledge. Second will show participants how to improve credit. And the third challenge will cover credit maintenance. So this is uh, signing up on uh, the budget Budgetista, um, which is one of the websites you can go and, and get on this three-week plan. So those are just some things to potentially get you thinking. I think that the no-spend month, maybe a no-spend week uh, would be a good start, a no-spend three days. Uh, just to, to think 
about what you are spending your money on. I know me sometimes I can just get going and you can, you know, start plopping down money pretty relatively easily. And, uh, and before too long, you're like, well, I uh, probably didn't need that, but there mm-hmm. it sits on my dresser. So you done that before, Sebastian? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've done that I mean, before. It's just me, so. <laughs> so, no, I think we've all been guilty of, of spending a few dollars here and there um, that we probably could have saved. Well, especially instead. for Christmas, you know, like if you're trying to get gifts for other people. It's just yeah. like, oh, I can get this for someone, you know. Yeah, I think I think for me, my wife, it's been what really needs a budget, and what what is just money that will be spent. Obviously, regardless, gas, you know, tithe, rent. There's certain dollars you're just not going to ever be able to have control of, and then you have other things, your food bill, uh, you know, the amount you eat out, the extra activities you do, uh, that definitely can be taken some accountability of. But um, before we go to uh, another break, and then we'll come back with the last seg- segment of our show, uh, just nine years, nine New Year's resolution to tackle in 2017. Some we've already talked about, but um, here's a few that I'll leave you with on our resolution part of the show uh, that you've hopefully been able to be with us for. Uh, but this year, tackle a resolution you can commit to. These nine ideas will improve your physical and mental health without causing you to shell out for a gym membership. Number one. Be mindful. Again, I don't know if this is extremely measurable, but studies show that mindfulness can boost the immune system, lower stress level, and aid with weight loss. Commit to a daily um, quiet time, they say meditation in here, uh, this year and reap the benefits. Uh, Learn a new language. Challenge your mind by learning a second or third or fourth language this year. Multilinguals have superior memories, are better at focusing, and are more perceptive of their surroundings. Save money. Uh, Obviously, that's probably going to be one that comes up often. Make 2017 the year you get your finances in order. Start by paying yourself first by putting money into savings or retirement account every month. Uh, Get organized. Banish clutter in 2017. Make it a priority to tackle your closet. Create a system for your sorting the mail and use an app to stay on top of your to-do list. Uh, Get involved. Civic engagement is known to drop off following a presidential election. Now that there's someone now heading to the White House, turn your attention to local issues. Uh, Walk more. Increasing your step count is an easy way to get moving. Park further away from your destination. Take the stairs. Walk around the block during your afternoon coffee breaks. Uh, Stop procrastinating. This is always one that gets me. I could do it every year. Live by the two-minute rule. If a task will take you less than two minutes to complete it, do it right away. Hmm, Not bad. Uh, Get more sleep. We already talked a little bit about this. Sleeping more and better is one of the easiest ways to improve your overall health. Getting a good night's sleep improves your memory, regulates your appetite, and can even lessen your risk of certain types of cancer. And lastly, take time off. Over half of the working Americans report feeling burned out at work. Disconnect on the weekends and use all your paid time off in order to recharge and return to the office refreshed. So... Those are a few nine-year, nine New Year's resolutions, goals you can have. Uh, when we come back, we are going to talk a little bit about how to make a more manageable uh, goal, uh, starting small. And that's what we'll, we'll finish up this Live Till 5 uh, week with. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back with the last portion of Live Till 5. Uh, this is Lawrence Nangas. You've been with us uh, now since 3. Uh, we'll be back in a few short minutes.
And we're back with our last segment of Live Till 5. Thank you for those of you that have been with us uh, for most of the uh, hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes so far that we've been together. Uh, Always Friday afternoon, we host the the Live Till 5 show from 3 to 5. You can always catch it again on noon uh, to 2 on Saturdays at 88.1 or at 7 to 9 on Sunday nights. But um, it's kind of a, a real definition of a variety show. Uh, Jared will always have sometimes different guests and sometimes uh, the same ones are with him uh, from week to week, different themes. Uh, This week it's been about New Year's resolutions or goals and that's kind of what I'm going to finish with um, in these last 15 minutes or so, just kind of talking through uh, some ideas uh, that both I have for myself and then uh, some verses to encourage you with going into the weekend. Uh, some of you are getting off work before you go into maybe a three-day weekend, getting the second off with New Year's uh, being on Sunday, uh, New Year's Day being on Sunday. But uh, the thing I think about when it comes to resolutions are, are, are what the purpose, in the, at the end of the day, what's the goal of these? And in reality, as far as the world's concerned, it's to be a better person. Um, but what we know about these things in our own strength and what we saw with statistics we talked about a half an hour ago uh, is that there's a lot of failure out there, and for many different reasons. Um, but a lot of people within a week or two uh, completely give up on something they said January 1st. Uh, others stick it out to maybe the end of the month. But looking at a full year of completing a resolution, uh, that doesn't happen very often. And uh, some of the th- ideas I've been throwing around for myself as, as we go into the new year are what exactly um, I'd like to do different. And the funny thing is, is it doesn't take a new year to do that. Uh, a lot of times we often look at January 1st as, as the end all. It's the day I'll, I'll start reading my Bible. It's the day uh, I'll start working out. It's the day I'll start being friendly. I don't know uh, what you think uh, January 1st means in your mind, but it is this weekend. So whether or not we, we can say you can start it in June or, or not, uh, it is this upcoming Sunday is January 1st. So giving some ideas, and then I also want to encourage you with uh, some verses that you can take uh, if you are going to start something. But um, what I'd encourage you to do is, is maybe, instead of think year-long resolution like we read, is, is think more week or month-long goal. Uh, what you'd like to see happen. And there's four areas that I usually challenge the students in. Um, when I talk with them, you, you see about uh, in the Bible when the Lord says he increased in stature and uh, in his conversations with men and with God. And, uh, and, and that would sort of go into four categories that I, that I think through. And, and it's, one is physical, uh, second is social, uh, third is academic, and fourth is, is spiritual. And so I'm not saying you have to have a resolution or a goal is what I'm going to use uh, for each of these, but maybe pick one. Uh, maybe one that you'd like to see some success in. Uh, and I don't know, if you go with the physical, usually it's about weight or getting exercise or maybe picking up a new sport. Um, but do something that you can you can feel success in a short period of time. Uh, if it's educational, maybe it's taking a master's class or maybe finishing up a degree. Maybe it's learning a new language like we read about. But uh, And then maybe social. This is the one that I would like to probably put some emphasis in is uh, doing, doing smaller things for people uh, without the desire to be paid back. So just basically service to other people that I do life with. And uh, a lot of times we get in our busy life and our schedule and the last people we think about are others. And they're the ones where they're around us all the time, but because we have a busy schedule and we have a place to be and we have people we already feel like we're serving, 
I don't have a chance to do anything for you. And so that that's just trying to do something for somebody out of my way once a week. Uh, I don't think that's unrealistic. I don't think uh, it, it's really uh, too much to ask. Uh, if you're looking once a week, you know I need to just go out of my way to be friendly to somebody, get somebody something, uh, you know, share a track. That's the greatest thing we can probably do is, is share the gospel with somebody. And there are multiple weeks that go by and we don't take advantage of that opportunity uh, just doing what the Lord asked us to do. But then you also have the spiritual uh, side, and that's where I'd encourage you this Sunday. Uh, start the new year off in church. Uh, come join us. We only have one service this week uh, at 1030, um, but we'd love to have you here. That would be the greatest way for you to begin uh, a successful new year. And uh, oftentimes people will go and begin talking about how um, uh, reading through the Bible is one of the goals they're going to have starting January 1st, and they get a week down. And man, I've already missed a day. And then three weeks down, I've missed a day a week. And then it's two days, and and then it's and it's done by February. And so I would I would make maybe smaller goals of maybe reading a book over the course of of the month, uh, reading one of the books of the Bible, pick one out, and and see if if you can get successful in reading that. And then maybe you go and, and grab another one and, and do it again. But uh, sometimes we, we bite off more than we can chew and have little success at the beginning of the year. And then the end of the year, well, why even try? Uh, so those are some of the things uh, I, I, was, I just wanted to share. But I also have some verses here uh, that I think uh, will be a real encouragement no matter what you're going to do, whether you try anything or not. Some people will just roll into January 1st. Business as usual, you know, no problem here. But uh, one of the verses that I think about, there's actually a couple from Philippians, uh, verse uh, 13 in chapter 4. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And uh, these verses here are just ones you can memorize. This one's very, very short. Uh, But when it comes down to when we try to do goals, when we're trying to do our job, when we're trying to do uh, a number of different things, when we do it in our own strength becomes very difficult. And uh, you know that uh, we just are about to finish a year where you could probably look back and think about uh, a number of things that have been done in your own strength. And, uh, and Christ is telling us in Philippians chapter 4, you can do it through me. You can do all things through me. Uh, also in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 to 14, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to do lo- what lies ahead, I press toward, on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, a lot of people will go into the new year thinking about all the things they want to write that were wrong in 2016. And, uh, and what, what the Lord says here, forgetting what lies behind is just keeping your eyes forward. And, uh, you'll see races. We had the Olympics this past summer. You see races of people who are looking around them and potential fall or, or don't strain to the finish line. Uh, like Paul's telling us to do here. Uh, so forget those things which lie behind strain forward to what lies ahead. And I press toward the goal. And then also we see in, in um, Hebrews uh, chapter 1, I'm sorry, chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. Uh, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and protector of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not go grow weary or faint-hearted. Um, Paul and the writer of Hebrews here 
give us a number of encouraging references. Paul, I have to believe, uh, was a bit of an athlete. Uh, whether he grew up competing um, in different races or things, but a lot of what he understands is fighting and racing. Uh, I don't know if he was involved in the two thing in those two sports specifically, but I think he understood them well, regardless, uh, because what he compares to uh, a number of times is finishing a fight or finishing a race. And uh, if anything, that's what 2016 is is been a race, and now we get to start again. Uh, with the new year, and I hope that uh, you guys, you out there, are, will be setting a goal, setting something for the month of January, setting something for the first week of the new year uh, that you can accomplish through the strength of the Lord. And that's what Philippians four tells us is, is to to lean on that. And uh, so this this show here, uh, we cover a lot of different things. Um, from who knows, uh, Christmas trees and resolutions. But the most important thing I want you to understand is is what it's about here. The, these Christmas seasons are what it's about, and then these new goals that we set for ourselves is who it's really for, and and what goal we're trying to accomplish uh, for Christ ultimately. And uh, and that's that's the other thing I was going to say is is even just sharing um, the good news of the gospel more than I do. Uh, would be besides doing something kind for a neighbor or a coworker or even a stranger, would be giving a gospel track uh, out to people. Um, my grandfather uh, was one of the best at doing that that I ever knew, and uh, he uh, is with the Lord now. But uh, that's one of the things I do get um, convicted of sometimes is uh, is not passing enough tracks out, not sharing the gospel as as I've been commanded to do in the Bible. But um, those are some of the ideas I have here as we close out the show. Uh, I want to give uh, a couple minutes um, to what we're going to talk about, what we're going to do this weekend as we go into our new year with Sebastian. But uh, I challenge you as you go um, into the new year in two days, uh, make, make a goal of, um, of what you're going to do, uh, something for the Lord, something maybe academically, something physically, um, but remember whose strength you need to do it in, uh, most importantly. You want to just take a break, and then we'll come back? Yeah, and, let's yeah, go let's ahead and do that. We have we'll time. Back. Go ahead and take a break, and then we'll finish up the show in a minute. And every time it rains, it rains, and it's from heaven. Don't you know each cloud contains banners from heaven? You'll find your fortune falling all over town. Be sure that your umbrella is up, 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 upside down and trade them for a package of sunshine and ravioli. Macaroni! If you want the thing you love, you must have a pizza, holy baby. And when you hear thunder, don't run under a tree. He'll be pennies from heaven for you and me. Now come over here, boy, Sam. And every time it rains, it rains. And don't you know it's confident? Walk with me, Lord. God, walk with me. Walk with me, Lord. God, walk with me. While I'm on this old tedious journey, I won't Jesus And we're back with just a couple minutes of Live Till Five left. And uh, with this time, I wanted to uh, let Sebastian and Chris share a few things about this upcoming year and um, maybe a few things about the radio station and also some things they might be looking forward to uh, in this upcoming 2017 year. 
Sebastian, why don't you go ahead and give us a couple things? Yeah, I, I mean, so this year I'm really planning to. Um, I, I've got a lot of equipment, and um, and I'm hoping to produce some Christian media. You know, uh, it's going to take take steps to get there, um, but you know, learning some programs and, and stuff like that. That uh, that's kind of on the, the the goal for the next couple months, uh, so that can be used for for people all over the world for Christians. So, awesome. Yeah. Chris, you said you had a couple things. That, yeah, well, that the year. the year we we kind of took it as a, a school year thing because I, I started um, about a year and a half ago here. Right. And we sort of looked at it for the school year, and we spent our first school year working on equipment and operations. And we were kind of – we kind of changed things around in the station we actually talked about that on this show a little bit mm-hmm. changed the way we do things changed the equipment that we do them with and then i said for the next year we want to work on programming so we did a lot of things we started new programs mm-hmm. building great leaders um uh, harvest echoes i started doing a live program i've been doing that for a year now yeah coming up in january it'll be a year but uh, just just trying to um, expand out a little bit more than what we've done now. So a couple of things that were happening with shows that we air here are that uh, um, we got word back uh, two weeks ago that they're going to be airing our programs, Living Redemptively and and um, Building Great Leaders um, on in Zambia. Oh wow! And just trying to we're we're already airing a program. Um, in uh, Asia as well, but uh, just trying to expand out a little bit this sure. year with the programming that we do on on um, uh, KHMG. So that's I'm, that's on my mind all yeah, the time. Sure, that's exciting. And I came back from Christmas just sort of thinking about all the different things we can do, and and I'm excited about the Zambia opportunity and yeah, that sort of thing. That's so pretty neat. Really looking forward to It doesn't like stop here in the radio station, and we appreciate you uh, listeners tuning in uh, to the different segments that you may or the different music that we play, and even this show on, uh, from 3 to 5 on Friday. Uh, you've been listening to Live Till 5 uh, on, on KHMG 88.1. Um, this has been your host, Lawrence Nangas. We'll be back with you next week. Uh, from 3 to 5 with Jared. Uh, He'll be back on island, and we'll look forward to having you around with us uh, then. Uh, Thank you again. Have a great weekend. Have a great start to your new year, and uh, we'll talk with you again next week.